previously on the Little Red Bandwagon. My dad really hates short people. I've always mm. hated him. Men, short men, by the way, short men. Ladies, you're fine. Short men, I hate you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to BatchCon, Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> I understand your passion, and I understand your passion, but I expect better from you than, than lies. It's not my passion we're talking about. It's your passion. This is fine, but doesn't every other country on earth use bidets a lot more than we do? I don't want to join him on the faculty of no fun university. (laughs) Right? If you could kindly set us up with one shrimp and one oyster, poor boy, we will gladly tip generously. I'm not sure there's a band that I hate more than Smashing Pumpkins. I hate them so much. I can't listen to them. I can barely talk about them. And I had to turn this episode off when he said their name. There had to be some fluids exchanged in some way. But Andrew, you're a fucking asshole. (laughs) I left a lot on the table. Oh, how dare you? Because it seems like an endorsement from LRB. You know, like, well, the LRB people love it. No, we don't. And the souvenir she brought me was a t-shirt that said, the man with an arrow pointing up and the legend with an arrow pointing down. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. And I was like, I'm sorry, ladies. I'm really sorry <laughs> for all the years. Really sorry. Holy cow, Anne. Richard Marks is hot. He refers to it several times as the Black Panther movie, which I'm not <laughs> sure what that's about. And Andrew said that, that they look disheveled. Oh, really? <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. On Fridays, we bring you shows on a variety of topics, some TBTL-related and some mm, somewhat less so. But today is Monday, and we've got a fresh-off-the-grill recap of the previous week's episodes. As always, we'll handle some LRB business, we'll bring you the week in review, do a little housekeeping, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. And joining me to get the ball rolling are two of my very favorite people. From Glassman Subaru Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. And from Million Mile Studios in Kenmore, New York, it's Bobby. Who needs a nickname, Pape? Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. Uh, The mixer is still for sale if anyone's interested. (laughs) I'm more interested in how your JetBlue miles balance is looking today. Well, uh, I just just purchased a big block of airfare last night. with points, so I think I'm down to about 31,000 points at the moment. But when you're only flying an hour at a time, those flights are only a couple thousand miles apiece. Yeah, but it all adds up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I um, I am only, you know, a few months away from the movie Up in the Air being about me. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go back. Have you gotten any uh, interest on that behemoth of a mixer? 
<laughs> um, a little bit, actually. Uh, I was surprised to get a nibble on Facebook through uh, a friend of a friend who might know someone who might be interested. So who knows if that'll pan out. Um, the Craigslist ad I put up has gotten me several spam texts of people <laughs> offering to send me money through PayPal mm. for it and also to cover the shipping because they can't actually come here to see it themselves. It sounds legit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Just uh, all they need is my bank account and routing number and my social security number, and then they'll give me thousands of dollars for this wow. mixer. I see no problems. Um, yeah. So, uh, so far, nothing super useful yet, but I'm still hoping. All right. My heart looks at it and weeps softly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a whole contingent of LRB, TBTL, preheated listeners who want a joint custody situation, but what you're not understanding is it's heavy as fuck. <laughs> That's why we'll get the skateboard. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let's talk about Friday's show, since we kind of got into it already, which I called on the run sheet, Hanging with Hillary. It's kind of a, a grab bag show with uh, Hillary Livingston Butler, who I just love listening to because her energy is the Of the Dallas best. Livingstons. <laughs> yes, the Dallas Livingstons. Her energy <laughs> is so amazing to listen to her. I just can't help but have a smile on my face when she's talking because she's so animated and interesting and um, and really fun. And you guys talked about a variety of things, including the mixer and the Butler's bedtime routine and this um austin meetup that you guys are going to have in may which i'm a little sad about missing but i then remind myself that it was my choice that i could have gone had i decided that that was reasonable so i'll look forward to lots of pictures and updates from you guys when that happens of course and then also some nickname talk. And I think there are plans for more nickname talk in the future because that seems to be a fertile topic. Yeah, well, we still have several co-hosts who have not given their life history of nicknames yet. <laughs> and uh, if Mike and Hillary proved anything, it's that there's a lot of discussion that can spin out of that. We had, uh, So I'll be honest, uh, I put together the run sheet for having Hillary on. We didn't have a real anchor top story kind of subject we wanted to talk about with Hillary. We just wanted to have Hillary on the show because she's so infectious. Um, and also she bought a microphone like a year and a half ago and hadn't taken it out of the box. And we felt like that was an injustice to people who listen to podcasts. Um, and then nickname talk happened. And I just thought, well, it's been a while since we've gone down Mike's list of nicknames. I wonder if Hillary has any too. And she just wrote back and said, uh, yes, we can discuss this. <laughs> Uh, and it ended up being uh, quite a journey. I wasn't sure we were going to have enough content to fill an episode, just sort of hodgepodge potpourri like we did. And honestly, we ended up having to cut some things short because there's just always something interesting when Hillary's involved. You know, one of my favorite spinoffs of, of nickname talk is pet nickname talk. Um, I've asked on Facebook for everybody to tell me all the names of their pets that they call them, not their actual names, but what's their actual name. And then tell me all the 20 different nicknames that you have for your animals. Cause they never make any sense. They never have anything to do with the name and they're always great. So I think that's another yep. deep vein we could mine. We got to put that in the follow-up file because we've already got a candy, a candy survey in the works. <laughs> yes. And we can only ask people for so many, uh, survey facts at a time. Uh, well, speaking of candy, 
I did not realize that that was going to hit such a nerve with people. I guess I am not the only person who feels very passionately about candy. But um, so Christy and I got presents this week. I came home from work and there was one of those big manila padded envelopes that have the Amazon smile on them. And you know that moment when you're like, what did I order? What did I, did I order? I don't, huh. But I opened it up and it is from listener Jessina. The note with it says, hi, Anne. After the candy clip show, I needed to share my favorite candy with you and Christy. She's getting her own bag. If you are Polish, you grow up with these. And Justina obviously has Polish roots. And she sent me this bag of, I'm pulling it over right now, Milky Cream Fudge from Poland. Let me try my Polish pronunciation. It's going to be pathetic, but uh, Krowki Milanowski. Krowka. Yeah, we're at school with him. <laughs> yes. Which is uh, a bag full of individually wrapped pieces of milky cream fudge. Um, it's it's a kilo, which, as we know from our conversion lessons, is 2.2 pounds of fudge, Justina. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I've got some ideas. Now, yeah, can I you do melt too. that down and use it in some sort of magical confection? I don't see why not. Yeah. See, does it say anything? I mean, it's all in Polish. I don't know why I think I'm going to <laughs> get anything from it. And it does, in fact, come from Poland. It's not, you know, something manufactured in the United States. So this is fantastic. And I've tried it, and it does taste like real good, good fudge with that kind of dry, uh, almost flaky, melt-in-your-mouth texture that fudge has mm. so... Thank you, Justina. I'm going to have to devise some something to do with this. If Anne was ever going to be busted with a kilo of anything, <laughs> it was going to be milky fudge. cream fudge. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Um, and continuing on an update from the candy episode, if you haven't uh, hung out at our Facebook page in a while, we got several really fun discussions on uh, candy-related matters, and one that was so interesting, I did want to bring it up on the show, because Andrea said, um, what about Raisinets? Because they're disgusting. Can we talk about candies that are the worst? And then I thought, God, we should have done a worst candy bracket instead of a best candy bracket. That would have been way better, but, you know, too late for that. So I wanted to ask you guys, how do you come down on Raisinets? I am not anti-Raisinette. Um, I think they can be good in movie popcorn. Um, I don't know why that would be your only choice, but if that's what's available, if you mix those up with some popcorn, I'll I'll deal with that. I mean, are you a raisin that's person weird. in general? I'm not anti-raisin. I, I um, actually just bought some raisins for my morning oatmeal at work. Um, I think they're good... Uh, in other things and I don't I also don't hate an oatmeal raisin cookie I know people think they're the devil but um, I'll get down with that too Bobby I don't hate raisins hate is a strong word but I don't go out of my way for raisins if they're in my oatmeal I'll eat them I'm also amused, by the way, Meredith, that you have fully succumbed to office life when oh, you yeah. started doing this show you worked from home in your pajamas all day yep. 
And now you're eating oatmeal that you probably prepare in a break room and then take back to your office. Exactly. I use the hot water spigot on the coffee machine. (laughs) And I've got the little packets and I have a little hydro flask food canteen that I wash. And for the record, I never leave it in the sink. I wash it right away and take it back to my office because I'm not a monster. But yeah, I fully embrace that life. Yeah. We should swap dry cleaning tips someday. (laughs) Um, Just welcome to office life. I, I... if somebody presents me with raisins, I will politely eat them and not complain. But I I can't remember the last time I bought a box of raisinets because they just don't interest me. Hmm. I th- Sorry for the lukewarm hot take. No, this- I know I should have come in and said that they're terrible, they're, that they're evil. <laughs> How dare you try to give me something that looks like a chocolate treat and put a fucking raisin in it? I know that's what you were looking for. Well, no, if I want that. Uh, response we'll just have Andrea come on the show and tell us that yeah. well but <laughs> it is it is a form of chocolate covered deception and and this reminds me of the person who wrote in I don't know why this sticks in my brain but when TBTL was all about um, you know giving chocolates to flight attendants to get free drinks or not get free drinks somebody reported that they had minimal success with chocolate covered what was it pretzels or something like that, or yogurt-covered raisins, or yogurt-covered oh, pretzels, yeah. something Stay ridiculous like that. It's like, no, no, no. It's not a treat. It's something that you tolerate. <laughs> right. Well, here's a here's a multivitamin dipped in something sweet. Right. Have fun. Yeah. Okay. I, I find this whole discussion very fascinating because I'm a raisin lover. I will eat raisins by themselves any time, and I love raisinets. And while I understand that there are people that find them completely disgusting, it's like I can't, like intellectually, I can understand it, but I don't, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't like the taste. But I suppose it's like how I feel about bananas. You know, I just find everything about bananas disgusting, while so many people love them. And I guess raisins are the same kind of food raisins are grapes raisins are concentrated grapes and wine comes from grapes and i just don't see a problem with that (laughs) i love i love grapes and i just feel like raisins are low on the ways i want to eat a grape Hmm. it probably goes you know wine fresh delicious grapes and then recipes i'm not thinking of right now and then raisins Hmm. and before we go on uh just a couple of things one can we get a picture of your polish candy for the show pick today sure because I feel like that deserves that place. And also, Sam and I are heading to the uh, Broadway market in Buffalo after this, which is the big uh, public market and Polish cultural hub of Buffalo. And I'm going to try to track some of this down and get some for myself, because Buffalo has a strong Polish contingent, and it it kicks into full gear around Easter. So that's why we're going this weekend. I should go check Hamtramck, which is a city within the city of Detroit that has a large Polish population. Um, See? I don't know where I would start, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a search. <laughs> Everybody, go check out your local Polish market yes. for some croki uh, uh, Milanowski. Yes. <laughs> yes, Justina, look at what you've done. <laughs> and if you can't find those, just buy some raisinets and then cry yourself to sleep. Yeah, well, the upshot of this raisinets discussion is that I did buy. A bag of dark chocolate raisinets and milk chocolate raisinets, and I have a recipe for oatmeal raisinette cookies that I'm going to make today. So you can send them to me. <laughs> now, see, oatmeal raisinette cookies sound like a great way to rescue what I find to be a middling cookie. I, again, I, I love oatmeal cookies. I don't have a problem with oatmeal raisin cookies, 
But oatmeal raisinette cookies take something that's in the middle and sort of bump it up a notch by hiding, slipping some of that chocolate in there in a natural way. So I could get behind that. All right. I'll keep everybody uh, updated on how they turn out. <laughs> Let's get into some throw your phones. And boy, howdy, we're going to have to work hard not to forget all these throw your phones as we go through the week. We have a few general ones that I want to talk about now uh, on the subject of last week's recap. Crit says, hug your phone for the Natalie Merchant talk and song on this week's recap. She's still dreamy for a 43-year-old chap like me. Thanks, guys, for being awesome, even when TVTL sucks. Uh, Crit is our Natalie Merchant P1, so I'm very Mm -hmm. glad that we super served him. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's why we're here. We're getting them one at a time. I'm not going to lie. I was mad at you, Bobby, when I got to the end of that episode and that yeah, song came bit. on. <laughs> uh, to our Tori Amos P1, I don't know when we're going to get to you, but I'll, I'll try. That's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, from Carolyn has a hug my phone also. She says, watching this week's Hey Dummies video, Andrew saying, Hi, Kitchen is my new favorite Andrew moment. And that came in before I watched the Hey Dummies. And so I was clued in to watch for that when I did. And uh, it's it's very cute. That's actually, it was a great uh, Hey Dummies because Andrew was pretty, um, pretty funny and, and pretty adorable in a couple of moments of that, geeking out about all his kitchen uh, implements. How much he just loves that giant stock pot was pretty funny. <laughs> For all his bones. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He gave a trigger warning before he showed all the chicken carcasses. (laughs) I think I'm a little worried that Andrew's going to be running out of rooms to show us in the Hey Dummies videos. Well, he's going to a new apartment. Yeah, a whole new apartment. It's got an extra bedroom. So we get a new bathroom, a new kitchen, and an extra bedroom. He's going to have a man cave. Oh, God. (laughs) Of all the people in this world who would have a man cave, Andrew is not towards the top of my list no, no. rumpus room uh, though all the way yes yep uh rumpus room is not gendered in any way nope. so Mm-mm. i i can approve of that can you can you dim the lights and cry in a rumpus room i don't see why not i mean and you can hide from trick-or-treaters <laughs> smoke and the weather no not smoke excuse me so just play video games and drink bud light i guess yeah, yeah. I thought this was some scenario where you're going to stare out of the room at all the sad trees and cry. (laughs) No, that's Luke. Right. Because one day he knows he'll chop them down and print show sheets on them. (laughs) And let's go to one more throw your phone moment from uh, for now from Karen. I have listened since the very first show, good and bad. This entire last week has been interesting to only two people, Luke and Andrew, I cannot believe we are paying to hear this, and they really think this is good podcasting. It appears TBTL is the last priority for both. If they don't turn this around, sadly, I will delete them from my podcasts. I'm beginning to feel they take the tens for granted. Too bad, because we are amazing. I love the Little Red Bandwagon crew, always entertaining. Um, we don't need <sighs> to get too down at the beginning of the show, but Karen, I wanted to say that I really appreciated this note. Um, I feel ya. I have many, many, many of the same feelings. 
Um, this sort of had this discussion a little bit on the Friday show, Bobby, where you were saying you made a good point that that this is the iteration of TBTL that's been most successful and that it's not helpful to compare it to when Jen was on and what it used to be. I will say I'm not comparing it to when Jen was on. I'm comparing it to three or four years ago. And I feel that a lot of days it's pretty rough uh, to compare yeah. it to that standard. But what this made me think about was that I'm really glad that we have this show and this forum for people to come and say how they really feel since we can't say it on the stents page in case Andrew sees it. Um, and so I'm really glad that Jeremy set up to throw your phone so that people feel that they have a safe space to uh, let this out and say, yeah, I'm not cool with this or this is what I really liked or any of that. So I'm really glad that you, you wrote Karen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I do want to interject with something because this has been on my mind for a couple of days now. And, and Karen, I appreciated your email too. I'm a little surprised that this is the week that broke anyone because in the grand scheme of weeks lately, I thought this one was, <laughs> you know, not as nearly as offensive as others. Um, but uh, it's, it's the grinding of the rough weeks that has worn some people down. But I have a thought and I just, I want to put it out there for people like Karen to enjoy or consider at least, and, and maybe even for you to consider. And it is this, um, maybe just don't listen so closely. I think one of the problems that we get sucked into, I'm serious. I think one of the problems that we get sucked into doing this show is that we listen to TBTL at a such, we like we pay close attention. Like if, if we're going to be talking, if we're on the recap, we we pay a lot closer attention than if we were just a casual TBTL listener. We and I know this we, because we pay attention and then we discuss it amongst ourselves right. all week. So all we week. do a it's... ton of thinking about this show. Yeah. And and the weeks we're not on the recap, you can tell because the people not on the recap in the chat usually are a little quieter. Mm-hmm. They might not be as caught up. Um, and then there are people like Phyllis who listen the minute the show posts. Sometimes and more than once. Half of it. Yes. <laughs> But we'll mention something and it'll have completely gone over her head mm-hmm. because she was sort of listening while she was doing something else and it just didn't stick out that much. And and I think maybe that that's a healthy thing to remember. We've been actively trying to lighten up our notes because not every little thing they talk about warrants attention. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, maybe we all just need to breathe a little bit more and, and you know. Think about the dishes while we're listening to TBTL. Or... Yeah, just enjoy having them talking in your ears and just enjoy the right. company and don't focus too much on production or producing or lack thereof. Yeah, just to, just to give them the same level of respect and attention that you would give uh, friends you've had a little too long and you probably wouldn't be friends with them now if you met them now, but you were friends in college, so you give them a pass. Right. <laughs> just you listen know, to them, I... have them for company, but don't actually pay attention to what they say. Right. It's it's so nice to not be lonely. And just the sound of voices. Yeah, you don't have to be alone with your thoughts. I guess, uh, n- no, I, I wouldn't want anyone to pick my life apart with the level of hypercriticalness that sometimes we bestow on TBTL. To be fair, I'm not putting out most of my life as a product for people to consume and donate toward. But, you know, we should all just take a breather and, and maybe... Maybe take a day off and listen to more hockey podcasts like I've been doing as a break. Uh, that's all. I just I don't want anyone to be 
um, put out by something that we should be enjoying. And I think it might just be content overload that does that sometimes. So that's all. Well, I think that's a good point, Bobby. And I can talk more about that when we get to Friday's show. (laughs) I have been experimenting with paying less attention to TBTL. (laughs) Well, I mean, Anne, when you first started on the recap, your notes were almost a transcription of the episodes. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> I know the the tough part is you want to take notes on everything because you don't know what's going to become relevant. Mm-hmm. But I like playing this game by the system where there's three or four of us on a recap. Yes, if it was important enough, somebody will notice mm-hmm. it. And if we don't, somebody will yell at us and tell us we didn't. <laughs> well, that is one of the things before I was on the show, when I used to listen to the show, there would be a topic that I was like, all right. They're going to talk about this. I'm going to listen. I want to know what they think about it. And then you wouldn't. And I'd be like, how can you miss that? So I just I don't want to miss anything. I don't want anybody to be listening to us and be like, I cannot believe they skipped that topic. Well, if we do that, they can send us a throw your phone. Or they can buy a microphone and just join us as a co-host. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe we we're doing it on purpose to, to get you in our trap, Anne. Yep. <laughs> Come whitewash our fence. You have to edit, though, too, because it's not fair to just. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Well, your cunning trap worked. Congratulations. (laughs) Should we go? Yay. Thanks, Anne. Should we go to the week in review? Sure. I'll start us off with Monday, number 2599, Messing with Mario. Uh, So Luke is feeling very spacey today. He spends um, a majority of the episode sort of on and off apologizing it. I didn't really actually notice anything, to to be honest. He recalled a lot more stuff than Andrew did. (laughs) That's par for the course. I know. Uh, So he went to the dentist today only to find out that he didn't have an appointment. That's unfortunate. Uh, And it was because there was an old appointment that should have been deleted off his calendar that somehow didn't get deleted off his calendar and he says that his system is that he just accepts every single meeting or whatever they guess put on his calendar and then forgets about it and when the day arrives he opens up his calendar and says okay what do I have today so I guess that's one way to do it I sort of obsessively look at my calendar to try and plan my week, but if that's how he wants to do it, more power to him. I have to look at my calendar to remember what city I'm in these days. <laughs> <clears throat> so in that way, I'm probably kind of like Luke. Um, I It took a lot of willpower not to just start inviting him to things, to start emailing him <laughs> calendar appointment editions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he would appreciate that a lot well, Andrew didn't share your restraint because that was a major point of today's episode <laughs> that was pretty funny actually how they kept pushing yeah. their share a laugh with your friend back by 20 minutes or half an hour <laughs> well, I think part of his problem with it also is oh I don't know having your wife set your appointments maybe yeah. this is just me not getting married being married and having a partner but should a 41 year old man have his wife making his doctors and dentist appointments i say no but maybe that's the difference between him having them and not having them clearly so she does it but if i was carrie i'd be like "Mm, your mouth's disgusting you can't kiss me until you see the dentist and then there you go it's up to him agreed he's a grown-up uh I'm 32. I'll let you know in nine years if Sam is scheduling my doctor's appointments. 
so far she's not. Good. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I know I'm a grown up. <laughs> um, we move on to one of Andrew's favorite topics, his search for the mythical perfect Walkman. He's given up on the idea of just coming across it at a swap meet or an antique store or something. And he found one on eBay and he bought it for $20. And this seems very suspicious to me. Or when they talk about how all the Walkmans you can buy are broken and for parts and more expensive. And now he's got this one seemingly for 20 bucks. So we'll see how that turns out, but he's very excited. And he pairs that with this Archie's double digest that he threw away and then unthrew away when he was packing to move because for some reason it has a hold on him and he can't get rid of it. And I, okay, I have some books from childhood that I don't want to get away, but he seems very invested in his nostalgia for a childhood that he always describes as sucking. So I don't understand. I understand. A simpler he time? Wants, no, he wants all the good parts of childhood that he either didn't have or did have, but they got buried by the bad stuff. He's old enough now to bury the, the, the terrible stuff and he wants the good stuff. This is just like when I got to college and was doing my own grocery shopping. I mean, I was doing some of my own grocery shopping in high school, but when I got to college, it was really on my own for the first time and started buying like Capri Sun. Mm. And it's because when I was when I was a little kid, my mother would never buy that kind of stuff. Not really from a health aspect, so much as a money aspect. So when I had a little bit of disposable income, I just started buying all this crap that kids want because I'd never had it. And, you know, I was fulfilling a part of my childhood that was lacking then. I mean, not to psychoanalyze Andrew, because I am woefully underqualified uh, and we don't have all the puzzle pieces to do it. My guess is that, you know, these were happy elements and those are the ones you want back. So is this a little bit like Luke and the skateboard then? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. This is his skateboard and hopefully his new apartment is a slow low slope at an airport (laughs) carpeted (laughs) well in that case then i approve of the double digest because it's way less expensive than luke and the skateboard (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's not a pair of nikes that are the wrong size off ebay or something it's it's like a five dollar i don't know how much an archie's double digest costs um yeah why not and you know this walkman thing too i'm glad that he bought it because if romantic comedies have taught me anything, it's that sometimes serendipity needs a little help. <laughs> and uh, there's no way he was going to stumble across this at a thrift store. No. I think I haven't checked, but I think I have a Walkman and a Discman in a drawer somewhere. So he could have had mine, although I doubt it was the right specific model that he wanted. So I, I hope that this works out for him. But I can't help yeah. but be a little skeptical about it. Um, Then we get to... The embarrassing part of the episode, where Andrew, for some reason, starts talking about trying to identify all the states from a blank map and whether or not you can do it. And Luke decides that he's going to give it a try. <laughs> Let me go I to threw my phone out the window of my car. You are not the only I could person. Not believe it. From Crit. <laughs> Wait. 
I'm listening to Monday's show, and Luke just said he pulled up a blank map of the U.S., and he sounds like he's about to start guessing states. This would be questionable content for a video format, let alone audio. Please tell me he thinks better of this and bails. OMG, Andrew saves the day and overrules. Thank you, Andrew. Oh, wait, he's doing it anyways. (laughs) Arg. (laughs) I think that's a pretty good summary of our reactions going along with this journey, I just want to say to everybody, never test yourself on geography in public because you will be embarrassed. You will when you realize that you are one state short and find out that you forgot about New Jersey. You are going to be hella embarrassed. If you want to be super embarrassed, you can go to Sporkle.com, which they I think Andrew mentioned later in the week, which is a great site for quizzes, and do the state capitals quiz. I got to 47 state capitals, and I could not remember the last three, and I was embarrassed for myself in the privacy of my own house. <laughs> no good can come from doing geography in public. Mm-mm. Not that that stopped Luke from trying. Top story of the day. I'm just trying to. Hmm. I'm just trying to figure out which one stumped you. I was going to just jump in and say like, "fucking Pierre, South Dakota," but I had to look <laughs> up a list first because I didn't know. <laughs> no, I could not remember the Virginias, either regular Virginia or West Virginia, and I could not remember Alabama. And then when I looked them up, I was like, "Oh, of course, of course." But now I won't forget them for yeah. a while. Do you do you think they like being called regular Virginia? Do you think like when they're when they're marketing themselves? As long as I remember that Richmond is the capital, I think I'm okay. They can't be mad at me, right? It's like regular Virginia is for lovers. <laughs> Top story for the day, thank God. Ben Affleck has a giant back back tattoo of a phoenix rising that he, I guess, had said was fake and for a movie, but now it turns out to be real. Do we know for sure that it's real? That it still wasn't for a movie? I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care about Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Um, it's pretty large and grotesque, but he can do whatever he wants to do with his body. Uh, Luke said that before this, he had, quote, positive feelings, unquote, about... Ben Affleck, uh, but now that he sees this giant back tattoo, he thinks that they probably wouldn't be friends. Uh, to which I say, it's well known that Ben Affleck has had a giant gambling problems in the past. So I think he and Luke would be very good friends. I think they could go to Vegas <laughs> together and have a great time. Um, then he Luke says it would hit him Justice harder League. if it was Casey Affleck. Because for whatever reason, he likes Casey Affleck better, maybe? I'm trying to come up with more movies that Ben Affleck gambled on, but really most of everything he's been in has been a hit. (laughs) Uh, Casey Affleck I like because he endeared himself to me with that Saturday Night Live Dunkin' Donuts commercial he did a couple of years ago. That was great. Which is still one of my favorite SNL things ever. I like that commercial very much, but Casey Affleck is a gross person. And so say a number of women that he at least sexually harassed, if not an even worse 
I am not even remotely surprised. No. Yeah. He's one of those guys that I was like, God, if you would just shave and take a shower, I mean, it'd work better for you, but whatever. And then Andrew has a man crush on Matt Damon, which I think is very cute. And I don't blame him because Matt Damon is very nice looking and he's made some good movies. He's made some terrible movies, but uh, he does seem to be a fairly um, informed and intelligent person Unfortunate comments about diversity in Hollywood aside. Uh, Then we go into just a champion segment about possible nicknames for Luke. I did write them all down in my notes, but I guess the only one I liked was Marmaluke. And then (laughs) eventually they settle on Lurk as the winner. Winner in Which is harder to say... Than Luke. <laughs> Much harder to say. I mean, it's only the winner because it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, and Andrew was going to not even say it. He blew right past it. <laughs> That's why. It's the forbidden fruit mm-hmm. of shitty nicknames. Right. Well, yeah. I guess I like Lurk more than I like Burbsy. So. Burbsy's a very sports nickname. Everybody's yeah. got that. Gets the Y on the end and shortened and, you know. Again, Bobby Pape, Robert Pape, makes it really easy to not get a lot of those kinds of nicknames because, like, Pape, Papesy? Like, you're adding adding a syllable to make it work. It's not worth it. I congratulate you for avoiding that trap then. Yeah, pretty excited. Uh, I should, I, I think I mentioned on Friday, but, like, I have a name that's not a family name. And my mother put a lot of effort into giving me a name that, like, wouldn't stick out in any particular way. <laughs> she wanted me to have a really normal-sounding, uh, you know, not particularly teasable name. And I think she succeeded with Robert Lawrence Pape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. I mean, she probably had yeah. some feelings on the subject being named Candy. That comes with some pitfalls. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, she has embraced as her name. She loves being named Candy. But, yeah, she spared me that fate. Well, as far as nickname talk goes, I really hope that they continue on this path and that Lurk is not the final answer to that. Because I think it's pretty, pretty labored. But we'll see. Then we get an email from Harley about this ongoing Samson and Delilah Christian rock slash rap song which we're going to have a whole bunch more to say about later in the week. But uh, the thing that Harley contributes is that he came up with the name The Raptures and that it is an actual song and he does remember it. So Andrew is not completely crazy. So thanks, Harley, for keeping us, sending us further down that path. And that is the end of Monday. Okay, let's go to Tuesday, 2600, the Buncanny Valley. Uh, we open the show with yet more Rap Shures talk. Certainly not the end of that for the week. That was a major theme. Um, it was a pretty terrible song, and the voice is awful, and they're unsure if it's satire or not. I kind of don't think so. <laughs> nope, it seems too earnest. Yeah, it really does. Um, They take a hard right onto Meek Mill talk, and Luke discusses this article he read about 
this judge who seems to really have it out for Meek Mill and arrests him for kind of little to no reason um, and and is trying to frame it as tough love. And uh, they wonder if he had uh, obeyed her request to sing a boys to men song if he wouldn't be in the situation that he's in. Uh, she does sound crazy. I haven't read this and I don't have any feelings about Meek Mill. Um, other than that, he's somehow tied to Nicki Minaj or used to be. Uh, that's all I know about him. So do we have any other comments about Meek Mill? Oh, sounds like it sucks to be him, except for the money and fame. <laughs> yeah, he'll be okay. I don't know. I couldn't help but wonder if Luke was getting some of the details mixed up because it did sound so insane that this judge would behave in this way. But I didn't go look up any articles. So I guess I will take Luke's word for it. Yep. I didn't take any notes on this, but we did get a throw your phone from Kalina. And she says, in the middle of Tuesday's donor of the day slash John Candy slash Tacoma slash Tom Hanks digression. And I have no idea what's going on. I have to turn it off and either sober up or get way more drunk. (laughs) Thank you, Kalina. That was a good laugh for today. Uh, I felt the same way. It was insane digressions. Um, Kalina... Keep keep drinking. Yeah, just 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 keep drinking. Yeah, yeah. Andrew bought his Walkman. They talk more about eBay and people who are specialists in eBay and know exactly how much things cost. So it seems unlikely that you would get a screaming deal on something because somebody was ignorant of what it was worth. So they talk about um, bidding and they go through this one specific person's listings and, and conclude that he is a Oh, God, I'm bored talking about it. Um, <laughs> He's an estate sales guy. Estate sales guy, yeah. Um, yeah. And Luke mentions that he accidentally has purchased things that were dollhouse size, not realizing that he was buying the miniature version of a thing, thinking that, that it was hilarious. just a great deal. It is very funny. There's a couple of memes floating around where I've seen like a tiny set of like doll leggings that somebody bought thinking that they were like grown-up size. Oh, so good. See, we thought that Luke had only purchased two boats, but what we don't know <laughs> is all the boats that are in his office. He's got so many little tiny boats in his office, yeah. Um, Next up is this uh, WBUR show pitch, and I really just cannot believe that this went as far as it did, and I'm kind of mortified on their behalf. Um, I... Luke thought it would be funny. Andrew took it seriously and put a lot of time and effort into this, which we'll talk about again tomorrow. But uh, this is the beginning of it. And they uh, I was kind of incredulous that they were spending so much time talking about a new show on their current show Uh that they haven't been producing. Um, It was sort of infuriating. I kind of threw my phone at this one, too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see what the upside to all of this is it's just that luke thought it would be hilarious content for them to get rejected but when has he ever been sanguine about being rejected for anything and these are people that they could theoretically have to work with in the future like this could reflect poorly upon them if they Mm -hmm, put something bad out there which is what exactly what andrew's worried about and why it gave him anxiety um i do have a note here Unrelated to this, that uh, I think it was during this pitch that Andrew said the word behemoth again. 
And we got a great throw your phone from listener Martha. And she says, of all the corrections of Andrew's pronunciation Genevieve has made over the years, how has she not gotten around to correcting his pronunciation of behemoth, which he says bohemoth. And I think Luke even mirrored that and said it because he repeated the word. And I think he repeated it the way that Andrew said it. Oh, boy. Well, I think this if, was a rough if one. Mike, if Mike wasn't already married to Emily, he would have gone and proposed to Martha for that. Throw yeah. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you say. I love when he says behemoth. It has become a part of the TBTL lexicon. It has, but I don't think he knows. Like, if he <laughs> realized it was wrong and just leaned into it, that would be funny. But he just thinks that's how it's said. Um, and we'll get more to pronunciation talk on Thursday. There's another painful day for this, but that's all I've got for Tuesday so far. I don't know. His ignorance makes it funnier for me. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, we can probably just jump to Wednesday because a lot of this is ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we open Wednesday, which is double indemnity. A show title that was the best available when Luke had no time to argue it (laughs) we open with more talk about the raptures and the samson and delilah song and this is my indulgence which is that i picked this day before knowing i would be featured a little bit on this day um but this is a conversation about uh sheila in ithaca and my efforts to get the full track of this song in what Luke said, and we've also been saying independently of him, is some, quote, national treasure shit. <laughs> uh, I I would love to take credit for doing some real deep level sleuthing on trying to find this song. But really, all I did was go to WorldCat and type it in. Um, because you can search pretty much every public library in the country, academic and public. It's not that hard. I don't think I deserve a lot of credit for that. But what I did discover was that uh, a rap compilation album from the 80s included this track on it in the library at Cornell. Then I remembered that we have listeners all over the world. So I posted in the Stens page looking for someone at Cornell. I knew that Sheila was in Ithaca, but I didn't want to insult her by sending her to this library because I know she's a graduate of Ithaca College. Uh, The crosstown rivals of Cornell, sort of. Uh, But turns out I had forgotten that she is on the payroll at Cornell. She works there. So she went, she went through a whole lot of hoops only to find out that she could not get the CD in her hands and listen to it because they're a little ridiculous. And even if she had been able to get it and touch it and smell it and play it, they confiscated her laptop on the way in. So she wouldn't have been able to rip it for us. Hmm. What I want to know is why didn't they tell her she was going to have to pay 75 bucks before she went through all the rigmarole? (laughs) Right? Yeah. My instinct is uh, this library is a rare archive collection library, but not a music library. If if it was specifically a music library, they would have had like cubicles with audio players in them. Um, and maybe they would have been a little less rigid about not letting her use her laptop. Because I knew it would be shady for her to throw it in her laptop and make a copy, but I just figured they wouldn't care that much. Um, but the librarians at Cornell aren't fucking around. Apparently not. Yeah, and $75 to digitize something that's already in a digital format is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that's just a that's a, a dissuasion. Is that a word? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It is now. Mm-hmm. It's a behemoth of a word, yep. but it's a word. <laughs> this leads to a conversation about um, CDs skipping, like how they used to skip in the car. And I think I've mentioned this before, but when I was a freshman in college, I had a Pontiac that was on its last legs and the stereo was broken in it. And so I had a CD boom box <laughs> and I would drive back and forth between Rochester and Buffalo so like an hour and a half drive. And before I left, I knew I had to do a couple of things. I had to buy more D batteries and I had to find a pillow to put in the back seat in the middle. And I would put the boom box on the pillow and then strap it in with the seatbelt with fresh batteries in it so that there would be music coming from the back of the car so that I wouldn't have to drive in silence. You baller. And every time you. I had a pothole, it would skip. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, uh, I was so, so painfully single during this part of my life. <laughs> Uh, this also leads to the J card, which is the insert in a cassette tape, apparently, a term that Andrew dazzled us with. Very good, Andrew. That was news to me. Makes sense, though. Yep. I'd never heard of it. Yep. Uh, we get some talk during the donors or donor adjacent about Donald Glover. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and Luke praises the hard work. And uh, continually under-recognized work of nurses everywhere, although in doing so also sort of refers to them as not doctors. I mean, they're not doctors. That's true. Backhanded compliment, though. Yeah, he called them like south of doctors or something. It's like, <laughs> I oh. mean, even though you're not doctors, you're pretty good. Yeah. You're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, nurses. Keep up the good work. I'm saying that because I don't, I mean, nurses... Knock it out of the park daily. Oh, yeah. I think we all know that. Yep. Uh, then back to the WBUR contest. Uh, the pitch that the guys are working on or had worked on, and it sounds like they had worked on previously, uh, and that they were in the clear to use because it had not been picked up by anyone else. And by anyone else, I assume they mean APM. It's a call-in show, uh, similar in format to Car Talk, but they won't talk about the details on what it's about. Uh, and they used a cut-down version of their chat with Kiki Lolo last week as their um, audio sample. But there were no Good calls. Choice. Well, Kiki Lolo was calling in. I guess so. I mean, technically they called her, I think. They're not going to produce... I mean, I get, you know, with an audio sample, you can't... You don't have the show yet, right? So you don't have that exact thing on yeah. tape. Yeah. Um. There is a throw your phone here, and I will address it. I'll I'll read it, but then I'll actually do a little explaining that will hopefully put this listener at ease. It's listener Kristen. She writes, Tuesdays and Wednesday shows are making me super anxious. Why are they applying for another job? Parentheses, the public radio contest. Well, they are literally in the middle of working at their current job. I don't know if that makes sense, but doesn't Nate Toby listen to the show? If him, if I was him, I'd be super pissed. Um... Kristen, I will say, in general, Nate should probably be super pissed, just based on the general production of TBTL. But in the particular instance of this show, it, it sounds like Luke and Andrew have already pitched something like this to Nate or to APM. Um, and in this sort of gig economy uh, of radio and podcasting, it's it's probably okay. Um if anything, I'm sure APM would be thrilled if these guys landed a once-a-week on-air show somewhere where they could draw interest back to their daily podcast. So I, I would say this once a week project is something that would supplement TBTL, not replace it. And so 
I don't know. It's weird, and it's probably not going to happen, so it doesn't matter. But I think we're in the clear on that. Like, I I was saying in our chat earlier this week, if I trust Luke on one thing, it's not fucking up his hustle. Um, yeah, it does. It does feel, know. though, like kind of, you know, um, going for a job interview while you're on the clock for your current job. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has that feel, but I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think the reality is just that with podcasting being in it's such a nascent place, um, nobody knows if something like TBTL is a lifetime career anyway. So I don't know. I, I compared this to them talking about Livewire on the show. Um, you know, it's weird because it's not related and it's a different company, but eh. it's their lives. Yeah, exactly. And Should I, they be talking about it? No. Should they be doing it? Probably not. <laughs> well, I think we can feel confident that Nate Toby is not listening, Kristen. I'm pretty sure when he got to APM, he checked TBTL out for a few days and said, I don't get it, and then hasn't listened since. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'll just remind you, uh, it, it must be sustainable enough in some way, shape, or form. It's been a few years now, so whatever's working, it's working. Oh, absolutely. I would think that as long as the numbers are constant and the donations are coming in, Nate doesn't care that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and APM gets to say they have a daily podcast, which, as we've learned this week, is the future. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes the daily and up first from NPR and 1A and the gist and tbtl because every daily set needs a lifestyle section uh we get birthday talk then we get a voicemail from listener craig who says he has 300 dollars in bricks that he hasn't been able to throw out for years because someday they might be useful and he just needs someone to tell him that he can throw out these bricks even though he says i cannot do it uh and luke and andrew are the two worst people to ask for that advice craig you should have left that voicemail with us. I'm going to do it right now. Craig, throw those bricks away. Get rid of those bricks. You don't need them. If you have a project in the future that needs bricks, you can get some more. It's okay. Let it go. Good. That's in the clear. We can, <laughs> hey, if he's not an LRB listener, maybe we can just clip that and find a way to get it to him. <laughs> I'm with you. Thank you, man. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Let's go to Thursday, 2602. A boy named uh, <laughs> Shithulu. I'm so glad I didn't get Thursday. <laughs> I, okay. We can jump right to this. Come on. It's Cthulhu. That's what of everybody course. says. Of course. Oh, give me a bark. Um, we open this show with a mall and night visitors talk once again. I don't know why this stupid musical keeps coming up. I was also in it as a child. Uh, so my ears perk up every time Luke talks about it and it seems like it comes up every couple of weeks and he play, it's a bad, it's bad. It's just objectively bad. It's not good. Um, and we have to hear these songs all the time. I feel like, and Luke plays the one that the mom sings before she steals from the three guys. And it sucks. Um, Every time I hear the title, I think it's prostitutes. I think Amal has got yeah. some game. 
or Craigslist or something. Amal is right. Amal's making some friends late at night. And there is a song with the lyrics, this is my box. Come on. I never right. travel without my box. Right. Right. Um, we take Rudy to Dream Court because she's making cute little yelps in her sleep. I love it when dogs do that. Molly, uh, late great Molly used to do that all the time and it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Except when it woke me up at night. Not hilarious. Um, there's some discussion of a possible Chris Hayes podcast. Um, and then we move on for some reason to puppeteers for fears. And this is where the Cthulhu talk comes in and Luke calls it Shithulu or something like that the whole entire time. And About it just 40 made my million ears. Times. <laughs> yeah. It made my ears bleed every time he did it. <laughs> Um, we did get that gem about the joke uh, that Carrie sent to her friend, and she responded that, uh, thank you for noting this, by the way, that I thought I had put my smiles away for the night, which is so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That was the best part of the episode, and it came from somebody two degrees away from the show. Um, we learned that uh, the weather app Dark Sky made a mistake and freaked people out with a very strange uh, weather prediction in certain areas. I do love this app, I have to say. <laughs> um, I have a really hard time paying for apps, but I paid for this one and I don't regret it at all. Um, there's something about the tan- like intangibility of an app where I'm, you know, I'll spend $100 on garbage I don't need at Target, but spending 99 cents on a useful app that could help me improve my day every single day, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did bite the bullet on the, on dark sky and I love it. And I don't care that they made one mistake. It didn't affect me. <laughs> it's a really fantastic app. Uh, it tells you like hour by hour weather when it, when it rains, they're kind of obsessed with storms. And so like when it rains, it'll say, you know, heavy rain for the next 30 minutes stopping at four, you know, four thirty two. Um, it's really, really exact, like down to the minute weather. And I love it. Does it give you alerts or do you have to open it? Yeah. It'll say like weather, you know, rain starting in five minutes in oh, where, cool. wherever you are. Yeah, it maybe, is great. Maybe I'll get it. I love it. Um, they talk about weather some more, and uh, we get a gem of Andrew calling himself a shut ten, or he would be a shut ten if he was a listener to his own show. Um, that's a really great uh, name for us. He wonders if maybe all his tech in his life is conspiring against him to keep him inside. And he notes that he's only happy when it rains. And there's a lot of good garbage jokes. Yep. As in, I think there was one. One. Well, still funny. <laughs> um, they note that Andrew hates the sound of the Pitch Perfect movies when Veeves is listening to them. <laughs> and Veeves hates the sound of baseball games when Andrew is listening to them. So quid pro quo, quo there, I guess. Um, I have to say that I was very uh, anti the Pitch Perfect movies before I saw them. But then I saw them and I love them. <laughs> Well, they're satires. <laughs> I know. They're so good. They're so good. Um, Luke starts a new segment called Random Acts of Audio, and he plays the DuckTales theme in Hindi. And I was, like, on the edge of my seat when this started because I was like, is this just going to be a thing about how other languages sound weird? And I was like, please don't be that. And it wasn't really. It was kind of interesting to listen to. And then we got a great bit from Baron Vaughn about uh, not specifically the DuckTales theme, although he included it. It was about how earnest and uh, and going all the way these uh, these uh, cartoon theme songs were. And they were really great in mm-hmm. the 90s. Cartoon theme mm-hmm. songs were wonderful. And I feel like that's an art that's maybe kind of gone by the wayside for the most part. Uh, Luke talks about Gem, the cartoon Gem. 
and the Misfits uh, and how much they love the Muppet Babies. And they played the Muppet Babies theme. I used to love that show as well mm-hmm. when I was yep. a kid. Um, and that theme song is weird. They'll make your dreams come true. Yep. <laughs> what are they talking yeah. about? Ugh. Creepy. Yeah. Um, and then they, they bring up Animal and him playing drums, which reminds uh, Andrew, I think, of Fred Armisen. Uh, and he mentions his uh, Fred Armisen's recent stand-up special called Stand Up for Drummers, which I actually happened to watch unrelated to the show a couple of days ago. And it was awful. It was awful. Oh. I could not. It was so bad. And I went online to look at reviews to kind of validate my feelings. And everyone's like, it was pretty good. And I was just horrified. I could not believe that people thought it was interesting. And now I felt kind of opposite the way that Andrew did about it. Cause there, he did some quote unquote stand up first, which was him just being like jazz, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, literally he just said like, no wonder you didn't like it. <laughs> well, he was anti jazz, which should have gotten me on his side, but it didn't. Huh. Uh, and he just kept saying like type of music. Uh, I don't like it. That was his stand up, and uh, it was terrible. And then he did kind of drums through the ages, which is where Andrew lost interest. But I thought that was the only it wasn't funny, but I thought it was the only interesting part of the whole production. And apparently uh, one of the things that people had to do to get into this show was play the drums. You had to prove that you were a drummer to get into the audience of this show, which just strikes me as the most like pretentious Fred Armisen thing I've ever heard of in my life. Hmm. Oh, it made me the whole thing made me so mad. Well, I mean, it's not like he made them all play a real instrument. <laughs> no, I, I, that's that was that was intentionally hyperbolic. I, you know, drummer burn I, from Bobby. No, no, it's not like yeah, no, no, no. It could have been bass. Anyone could have gotten in, but dr- drums have a small skill set. Dang, Bobby, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> I don't know why I just decided to piss off all our drummers. Direct your emails to. All right. I I may be in the minority. I don't know. Because Luke and Andrew certainly seem to be enamored of Fred Armisen. But I've always found him to be so creepy. And he is a creep. Like when he got divorced from Elizabeth Moss, she said something really. she, She had probably the best burn of the decade, which was something like he does a lot of great impressions and his best one is of being a sincere human. Dang. <laughs> I know. It was brutal. Ouch. But even yeah. back before we knew for certain that he was a creeper, in his SNL days, I, I mean, it was sometimes it was funny, but it was more just bizarre to me. What, his appeal in general? Yeah. I just, it, it seemed like he got laughs from being weird not from being funny to me to me yeah yeah i i I got to his special because i was watching snl the most i don't know if it was the most recent one but the one with bill Hader and fred armison does a cameo or two on that episode and i was like i wonder what he's up to and then i netflixed his name and that's how i got to his stupid stand-up don't watch it (laughs) um we do get an update on the rapture song Thanks again, Bobby. Um, and they talk about how Sheila was walking around Cornell endlessly trying to get to this library. And Luke brings this up because he says, you know, if you have to park far away, just think of all the steps you're going to get. <laughs> we got a really, <laughs> I mean, way to, to 
bright side that, I guess. Uh, we got a great through your phone from Justina who says, the guy who parks in the electric vehicle spot is telling us to just think of the extra steps when we park further away. <laughs> Snort. <laughs> great. That is such a good point, Justina. Yes, it is. <laughs> I had to go to the doctor yesterday and there was a there was a one really great parking spot and I was like, sweet. But it was reserved for veterans. And I was like, are they going to check? But I didn't do it. That's how I feel about the pregnant spots. You know, you these are for pregnant ladies. I'm like, what are they going to do? Give me a pregnancy test before I walk into the store? <laughs> I have that thought, but then I'm not a monster, so I don't do it. Meredith's like, if anyone asks, what's five months from now? <laughs> Let me do the math in my head real quick. I'm just not showing yet. Um, so we get a little bit of progress on this rapture song. I'm really bored with that whole discussion and the newsletter centered around it. And I kind of just don't care. Sorry, Bobby. Um, it was a terrible song. I think it's when we actually get it, it's going to be a real letdown. Mm -hmm. Of course. Well, here's the thing. We've heard 30 seconds of it. All of us have heard 30 seconds of it. The listeners have not. And that's because I sent Andrew the link to the preview I found, but he did not play it on the show. <laughs> and he talks about doing this thing, which Andrew does a lot, which is just kind of messing with us to mess with us. Like he says, maybe I'll get it and I'll just not play it. Or maybe I'll just play it at some random time. It's like this thing that he thinks is funny where he'll just see how long he can be silent without freaking Luke out. And it just makes, for, I just think it makes our bad radio. I just don't like it. I don't like it when he does that. And, and I, that's why I think I have a bad taste in my mouth about this is because he's going to use it as like a currency or something to hold over our head yeah. and it's not mm -hmm. going to pay off. <laughs> well, there are reasons nobody liked him in middle school and just discover <laughs> one of them. Oh, oh can I, can I skip back for a second? You made me think of, Another thing they did this week that I was like, really, this is bad radio, was when uh, Luke was trying to make Andrew guess the Puppeteers for Fears play. He was oh, trying to make yes. him guess Cthulhu. And he was like, no, it's a, it's a figure that a certain group of people really like. And he made him guess and guess and guess and guess. And I'm like, just tell him. This is not entertaining. Nope. See, and I freeze up in those moments, even if I know an answer. I've always wanted to call in to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, but I am deathly afraid that I will get the rhyming limericks and that I'll be the asshole who oh. just doesn't know what rhymes. Oh, with everyone green else and and, yeah, is screaming yeah. the answer in their head and <laughs> hating and it's you just for the it. Lock, the locking up in the moment. And it's it's as much that as anything when Andrew's like, well, what play do you think this would be? And, and it's like, well, frame of reference, where do I even start? guessing something like yeah. that yeah give, give me the give me the fake news stories so i can just be googling while they talk and know the answer by the end <laughs> because you know that's how they always get it right yes anyway um andrew tells us another story that doesn't paint him in the best light which is he was organizing his cds getting prepared for his move and spending more time organizing his cds than packing his cds because he and Vives, after what 17 years of partnership are finally mingling co-mingling their cds so they're t they're making big moves you know they're this is commitment um and he was listening to music with earbuds in and it kind of irritated Vives because they were they were in the same room and he was kind of closing himself off to her so she asked him to take out his headphones and they could just listen to some music together um it's a good point on her part 
Although, if I was Andrew, I that would drive me crazy if I was with Genevieve and she just talked and talked and talked and talked for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Me too. Holy me crap. Too. I, I think there is something really... In. Yeah, there's something really wonderful about being able to be in the same room with somebody and be silent and doing your own thing and not having yep. to talk constantly. I've, mm-hmm. I value that a great deal. Uh, and that, w- that would be a deal breaker for me. But obviously, yep. it's not for him. And good for him for turning towards her instead of away uh, when she asked. I mean, you know, good relationship etiquette. Uh, but I don't know if I could do that all the time. Mm-mm. My advice? exhausting. Fly away two days a week. <laughs> yeah, that must help. <laughs> you really miss him when you get back. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, they end the show on a what I thought was a real low note for the week, which is just Luke telling Andrew about another radio show for like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 40 minutes. Some 60 sports minutes show. I couldn't. It could have hours. been 100 hours. Who knows? Um, it was forever, and they were just talking about how much it's like TBTL because it doesn't make any sense. Sounded like a terrible Dan show. Dan LeBetard? Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. That's Thursday. If, if Mike was on this week, we could talk about this for 20 minutes, and he's not, and I'm going to spare everyone. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yep. In Stemple Do Friday 2603, The Men Who Cry at Trees, uh, and let me start by asking you both, Anne, Meredith, will you be my dude friends? Um, I don't oh, know if I can so be. so sudden. I um. feel like, Meredith, just remember, we live in a post-gendered world. So dude is, you know. True. You're my dudes. You're my guys. You're my bros. I mean, I don't know. Think about it. Get back to me. I just, I've haven't seen very many successful examples of, of dude bro relationships <laughs> my parents dude bros were it's just not healthy I don't know if I want to do that yeah I'm in a weird place relationship wise right now I mean it's not you Bobby it's me right right uh just just think about it and okay. get back to me okay uh, next right. week or something uh Luke is having printer troubles uh, so he has not been able to print out his run sheet, which as we've known for years is a real struggle for him. And that leads to the conversation about how he is extremely paper wasteful in his production life for his various projects. Uh, but he just cannot trust that something won't crash, uh, and leave him hanging. And, uh, that includes live wire scripts, um, his show sheets every day and just other things that need to be printed, we do the show off a Google Doc, a Google spreadsheet, actually, that we all follow together. Um, and I'm glad I don't print it because that would be extremely excessive. But I'm also wired into power. If I was relying on something that was battery powered, I, I could see a little more nervousness. Mm-hmm. Is that why he is worried about it? Because he's on his laptop that isn't plugged in? It just seems well, crazy he might, to me. He, I think for the laptop situation, it's not wanting to switch screens between... Um, the run sheet and other things. I mean, because he's got to have the run sheet in eyesight at all times because they follow it so closely. Maybe if he <laughs> did have the run sheet on his computer, they wouldn't play so many YouTube videos. <laughs> I will say when we're doing the show, I have a very specific way I set up my laptop screen. So like I have uh, the audacity. So we, we, we each roll in audacity 
it's peek behind the curtain, which is an audio program. Um, I have the time ticker running across the top so mm-hmm. I can make notes of when we stumble. And I sometimes just need to know where to add in your laughter when I make a joke and you don't laugh enough. <laughs> and then below that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you, wait, should we do that again? Do you need that in the clear? Let's get it in the clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. So I and then I have my run sheet sort of two thirds of the screen, but not the top third, so I can see that ticker. Like I have this figured out. It's taken me a long time to get it just the way I like it. Um and I see his issue because without the run sheet, then that messes up his whole screen situation. But mm-hmm. you know, trees trees be damned. He needs to be able to produce lightly. TBTL. Uh, we also get the introduction of a new cockadoodle-doo sound effect, which is taken from a creepy children's nursery rhyme, which Andrew insists on hearing. So Luke ends up playing it for him. And this no. is in the same no, neighborhood. No, no, as no, the... no, no, no. I don't want this. I don't want this, Bobby. <laughs> Look, he's not allowed in that section of the library anymore, so we have to bring it to True. him. True. This is in the same neighborhood as the Dr. Doctor song from ATM. Mm-hmm. And that goes on for a while, but I stopped taking notes. Then we get to the donor section, which I only mentioned because I thought a good working title for this episode could have been How Sparky Got His Money Back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> as they're threatening to double charge our cards for their <laughs> right. for our donations. The comforting thing is that we know that there's no way they have access to any of that. They could never log in, even if they did. (laughs) Right. There would be some VPNing involved. They'd have to know the password to their various email accounts. Uh, The top story is all about when covering live sports events, the cameras cut away to an emotional child in the stands and whether or not that's appropriate or acceptable or whether or not they should do that. Um they actually got onto a tangent pretty quickly from this. They also talked about uh, a, a sort of, I guess, infamous moment of a piccolo player in a college marching band being cut to while she was crying. Um, I, and they said, you know, that person's almost an adult. No, I'd say that person is an adult. They're in a college band. Yeah. They are legally probably over 18. And their emotions are their own. Uh, the children thing's probably just going to keep happening because producers always cut to that. It's not just the kid. It's like the really drunk guy with the painted stomach who's cross-armed and dejected at the end of the game. Um, they're always looking for those faces in the crowd. Well, why is this even a question? There's no reasonable expectation of privacy in a sports arena. Right. There's cameras well, everywhere. The, You're signing up for that. There was some... Um, they were putting themselves on these kids a little bit and how you would be humiliated if you went to school and you were the kid who was crying at a sports game. Uh, you know, kids who aren't Andrew are pretty durable. I think they'd get over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some tangents here. Luke says that he would be, I could be Bobby Hurley. Talks about the basketball player turned coach, including coach of Buffalo for a couple of years, Bobby Hurley, um, the Duke star. Uh, and we have a throw your phone moment that I think summarizes this fine. It's from Stabmaster Arson, uh, <laughs> poor boy, 18 at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, we've heard from Stabmaster Arson before. 
Uh, and he or she, I guess, writes, while I appreciate the college basketball talk, Luke is mistaken on two things. One, Bobby Hurley was not the Duke player who popularized the defensive floor slap. Uh, I Stabmaster Arson. I don't know if I can kill. This is already too much sports talk. And also, Stabmaster Arson, you give away your identity a little bit later in this when you mention if you're playing basketball in any <laughs> venue, parentheses, like prison. Um, Let's just read this whole thing in deference of Mike not being on the show. I, he might enjoy this talk. Uh, I, I would read it, but I can't pronounce that next name. Yeah, I think that's why you're stalling, Bobby. <laughs> I'm leaving it there because this is not a sports talk show. Mike, we have to develop our pilot on that. We're working on it. Uh, Andrew makes a reference to victim blaming and that these kids get all gussied up to go to the game and they're just asking for it when they're crying. Is there such a thing as being too woke for a white guy? Yeah, see, Andrew. (laughs) I enjoyed um, Luke mentioning the chip on his shoulder and having dipped it in guacamole of envy. Mm, Yum. (laughs) We get more pronouncer follow-up. Oh, Kevin at Purdue. That's what I wanted to make sure we get into. Kevin at Purdue, which is not a football school. No. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Uh, it's spring break at Purdue, and Kevin is cleaning the booths in the dining hall or whatever. And uh, he talks about just how gross the water coming out of them is. That was horrifying. I'd never thought of that. Now I don't ever want to sit on a booth again. I mean, I know you're not eating food off of it, but you probably, you know... Touch it with your hands. Mm-hmm. Right. But also that's a college and colleges are full of just filth. So that's how I'm insulating myself from it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. Then we get a voicemail from listener Lauren who dropped her bone ring, except it's not bone, it's horn. She clarified in the stents page in a toilet at work and flushed it. I was fully expecting her to reach in there and get it. That was a surprise ending. Nah, I figured it out. She said in the voicemail that she had a ring. I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Uh, And I think that's it for the week. Oh, music for your weekend. Luke has Twin Shadows Saturdays. Andrew brings Nerds. uh, Voila. And Listener Care brings Susie Quattro's If You Can't Give Me Love, which they didn't mention the title of, but it's a jam, so it was easy to find. How does Mike do that? housekeeping (laughs) (laughs) all right it's a work in progress um y'all should check out our merch we've got some awesome stuff um i'm still uh singing the praises of my rar tote i love it i use it all the time bringing um things like oatmeal and raisins to work um it's awesome 10710.com slash shop or little red um our archive project is ongoing contact christy if you want to be involved and archive your heart away it's really fun um and you can also support us by buying stuff from amazon this is stuff you're already buying you just use our link and it sends us a few pennies and we get to see the crazy things that you guys buy and it gives us a reason for more content so littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Hit us up. doesn't cost you anything. Um, go to our uh, Facebook page and check out the candy bracket if you want your nominations. We're going to close that poll up soon and probably do a show about it. So we want to hear your candy thoughts. We're going to have a bracket. 
And check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. The most recent episode is about double entendre songs, double meanings. Mm. Mm. And with that, how you can get involved with our show, littleredbandwagon.com is our site. Throwyourphone.com for your hugs and throws. Got a lot of them this week. Thank you for that. We're on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and text messages to 802-432-TPTL. That's 802-432-8285. And um, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. We also love you, Steve Wojcikowski. <laughs> you just wanted to prove you could say it. <laughs> Nailed it. It got real uh, kind of self. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perfectly described TBTL. Uh, self-indulgent. Mm. Self- self-indulgent. Self-indulgent.